Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. Wednesday, July 25th, 2018. And we got some developments this morning in uh, the Danforth shooting story out of Toronto, Dev. Yeah, Toronto police have been uh, looking for a motive behind the shooting uh, for a while now. The story early on in the morning was that they've identified the 10-year-old girl who was the second victim in the shooting from Sunday. She's uh, Juliana Kozis, 18-year-old. Arise Fallon was uh, the other person to uh, lose their life in this. Midway through the morning, ISIS came out and claimed responsibility uh, for the attack. That has not been confirmed. No evidence has been provided to back up that claim, but certainly something that's uh, concerning and that's been investigated fully by police. There's reports, American uh, news organizations reporting that... uh, According to one of their sources, the shooter had visited some ISIS-related websites and possibly had posted messages of support for ISIS in the past. Yeah, I mean, it's the American media have been pretty uh, forward uh, reporting on this. They've been ahead of some of the Canadian outlets uh, throughout the story. So that's something that's, uh, I think, certainly really concerning and We'll see. I mean, the police are looking to see whether or not um, the shooter spent some time in Afghanistan or Pakistan, which is a possibility here in this case. So uh, your first thought might be to disregard it because it's so far after that maybe ISIS is just trying to get some publicity from this. But based on the American reporting, it's something that needs to be taken real seriously. Do you think it's a good thing that uh, the Canadian reporting, they kind of seem to hold back on this sort of thing because they don't want to put something out there and then find out later that it's it's incorrect or misleading. And obviously, uh, you're worried about people being targeted because of their religious beliefs if it turns out this is something to do with ISIS. The Americans rush a lot. Uh, you know, certainly here with Chorus and Global, our motto is to be right not first. Yeah. I think it's I think it's healthy to wait to let with the all police the do their yeah, job, yeah. right? It, we, we'll find out eventually. Well, you think you will find out eventually, but the police are are looking into it obviously. They want to know what the motive is more than anybody. And uh yeah, when we are sure We will uh, pass that information on to you, but that's what's being reported this morning. Coming up on the show here, we are going to talk video games. Could be a new Olympic sport. Also, an update on a story we had yesterday. The Tasho Podcast. We have a special guest on standby. Yesterday, you may have heard us talking about this woman in London, Ontario, in the Woodfield neighborhood. In 36 hours, she caught four different people. Four separate people in 36 hours breaking into her vehicle to steal out of it. And she surprised one of them pretty good. Get out of my truck right now. Get out of my truck right now. (laughs) Her name's Michelle Kaplan, and she's on the phone. Hello, Michelle. Hi there. How's it going? Good. Uh, We need to know, we've watched the video over and over. We love the sound of you burning that guy breaking into your car. Did you see his face? Could you see how startled he actually was when you you caught him? Oh, yes. And the joy of it is I was able to do it from my bed through my two-way camera on my phone. Uh, the number of people who have been very upset that he was wearing a Captain America shirt is actually on the top of the comments. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a Captain America hoodie. He's got the hood pulled over his face. You, you startled him, and you weren't outside, so you weren't like on the front porch yelling at him. You were yelling at him through a speaker. 
Yeah, that's right. So the first, uh, my my camera is set up to send me a notification when there's motion in the truck and when it gets tripped. Unfortunately, I slept through the first three notifications, but I changed the app to do large barking sounds when it when it goes off. That one woke me up, and man, I had 15 really witty comments, like, prepared for when I did catch them, and all I could come up with is, get out of my truck. I'm actually disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is an issue for you. Uh, your vehicles have been broken into a number of times before this, uh, this 36-hour period where you caught four different people breaking in. Uh, tell us about some of the previous experiences leading up to this. Yeah, sure. Well, I've lived in the neighborhood for five years. So when it was just my personal personal vehicle in the driveway, um, I keep that one locked because it does not have tinted windows, and you can see there's nothing in it. Most of the time, I don't have a problem. If I inadvertently leave it unlocked, though, it's rifled through each and every time. They typically take small stuff like loose change if I leave any, or they rifle through my receipts and stuff, which is just annoying at tax time. Um, but when we got the work truck, because it's a bit of a target, people assume that there's tools inside. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, tinted windows. And so we decided, rather than replace windows, as the uh, owner of the truck has done many times over the years, we would leave at least one door unlocked to uh, avoid the cost of that. But then it was happening all the time, so I decided to put a camera in to see who I could find. And have you called the police? Yes, I reported all four incidences. uh, Incidents? There we go. Uh, when uh, When I did scare the fourth guy... We actually did chase him, chase him a little bit and uh, saw where he went. At that point, I actually did call 911 to see if we could track him down. Uh, that fit, fourth guy has been identified by police, and we think we have an identification on the first and they're investigating. Oh, good. So putting the camera in there is, is key because that, that's what we've heard from other people. If they can't identify the person or get a description, then the police may not even show up, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's still important to report those incidents if you don't have suspect information, because that's how they decide where they're going to put their resources. I have seen an increase in police activity in my area, which I appreciate. Uh, But you have to report it each and every time, whether you know who it is or not. Woodfield, that's kind of downtown, right? Yeah. I'm uh, basically near Central and Maitland. Uh, So you used to live near there, eh, Jim? Yeah, I was on Central and William. Do you ever have problems? Yeah, man. My car got, my window got broken and, uh, and all my CDs got taken. I had microphones in my trunk and for my improv group and they stole like thousands of dollars worth of microphones from me. Oh, Dude, yeah. it's there's like new, pe- people go all across the street that's been hit five times. It's only been open for a month or two. Yeah, I don't know. And the, I, the worst part is if they just break in your car and they don't take anything. The worst thing to be charged with is trespassing. It's a slap on the wrist, and like, I mean, are the courts really going to waste their time? It's it's like it's a it's a losing battle. I don't really know how you stop this. It's frustrating for sure. Now, this story, your video has gone viral. Uh, it's been picked up by new news organizations in England, in the United States, and you've been getting some comments, especially from the Americans, about your video. What have they been saying? Oh, the Americans have been hilarious. I think I think the one that made me laugh the hardest was "Build the Wall." Uh, the response, the, <laughs> the immediate response to somebody else, because I, I didn't respond to any of those, because uh, I just sat up laughing all night. Uh, but uh, the guy went around her truck. <laughs> so apparently build the wall is the uh, solution to my problem here. Yeah, somebody else accused you of, of setting this video up just so you could meet men. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Tinder for thieves. Yeah. You love a bad boy, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Do you have someone? So you said you chased down the fourth guy. Did you you had someone with you to back you up there? Yes. 
Because that's scary, too. A lot of these thieves will carry knives or other weapons to uh, confront homeowners if they do get caught, right? There's actually a really scary story from our Facebook post of that story. Somebody said, somebody broke into my car once. They didn't take any change, but they left an 8-inch butcher knife in my car. Oh, nice. So, I mean, it sounds like it'd be amazing to tackle somebody who's breaking into your car and be a hero, but it may not work out for you. Yeah, no, we were more just kind of tracking their movement so that we could tell the police which which direction they went. I don't want to get into an altercation with anybody. I don't know what uh, what drugs they're on, what mental health issues are going on, what desperation they're dealing with. Yeah, Michelle Kaplan is on the phone with us. She is the woman here in London who in 36 hours caught four different people breaking into her automobile. I think we may have a solution here, Michelle. We put this together for you. Listen. Oh, all right. Three hundred and sixty-four days a year in London, Ontario. You can't fight back against skids who are breaking into your automobile to steal your change. But now, there's one night a year where that all changes. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge. Get out of my truck right now. Get out of my truck right now. It's time to go from car hoppers to car hopper stoppers. The Purge. London skid apocalypse. Yeah, I don't know if it would work, but... <laughs> it's a little extreme. <laughs> throwing it out there. Michelle, you keep that camera fired up. You get any more good videos of, of you scaring skids, send them to us and we'll post them, okay? Will do. Obviously, the hope is that they leave me alone now, but uh, it is what it is in this neighborhood. The Tash Show Podcast. I thought this was a joke when I first saw the headline yesterday. The Olympic uh, Committee is considering including video game esports as an Olympic event. Yes, video games could be part of the Olympics. This is so in the near stupid. future. And I love video games. But this is the dumbest idea ever. Yeah? You don't like it? Even though uh, we may have a slight advantage in Canada after October 17th? (laughs) Still, South Korea is going to kick our ass, though. (laughs) Like, let's be serious. The governing uh, body which runs the world's greatest sporting event met with the Global Association of International Sports Federations and video game executives to discuss the future of esports in the Olympics. This is a huge thing. People go and they will watch people play video games in an arena, and there's big prizes, there's big money to be had. It's like the the movie The Wizard, I guess. Yeah, but uh, real life. But real life with Fred Savage and his little brother, who was so good at Super Mario Brothers (laughs) 3. And we saw it before anybody else on that movie. It's amazing. That's right, yeah. The game wasn't even out yet. What do you mean you can fly with a raccoon tail? Come on! (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there's games like uh, Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, Overwatch, Call of Duty, D-O-T-A-2. What does that stand for? Dota. It's just a game like... What does the D-O-T-A stand for? Defense of the Ancients. Okay. I used to play that one, Taz. I'm telling you, I'm a fan. Part one or part two? I think there is only two. Maybe there is a part one. I've never never heard of it, though. Why would there be a... D-O-T-A-2 if there's not a D-O-T-A-1. I don't know. So these are some of the games they're considering. 
Um, if video games were an Olympic sport, what video game would give you the best chance of winning a medal? Like, what video game would you say you're the best at? NHL hits <laughs> 2K1. From like, <laughs> it was like three on three hockey. I was the best in town at it. It was in about grade nine or grade 10. NHL hits is the game That's I that, would do. If that is in the, you're our athlete. You're a dark horse. We're sending you <laughs> over. I, I'd have to say, um, I, there was this wakeboarding game on Xbox I used to be really good at. Mm-hmm. It was like a Tony Hawk style game, but it was wakeboarding that instead of sweet. skateboarding. It was fun. Hi, who's this? Hey, it's uh, Josh. Josh, what video game would you like to play in the Olympics? All-time Ninja Gadian for the NES. Uh, Ninja, Ninja That was Gaiden. the hardest game of all time. The thing is, it has to be, it can't just be a solo game. Well, sure, you could go for there time could trials. Be time trials. Yeah, there could so. be high scores. Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. That's the one where you used to have to jump off walls, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I always had trouble with like jumping from one wall to the other and I'd fall. I hated Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> it was a tough one. Bionic Commando, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That, that was, good. was a good one, too. If you were going to play a video game for an Olympic medal, what game would it be? Steve? I want to play old school Super Nintendo Mario Kart. Mario Kart would be an awesome Olympics. I would watch that. Different like, countries competing at Mario Kart. But it has to be Birio Kart. Yeah, but would you like to go around like that 800-meter track just throwing turtle shells at each other and stuff like that? What is Birio Kart, Jim? Where you, <laughs> it's just, you, you race one race, but during that race, you have to chug a beer. However, you can't be driving and drinking at the same time, so you have to set your controller down, pick up the beer, start drinking, and then, so you have to strategize. Like, if you get hit by a shell, you put the controller down, chug a beer until your character recovers, start driving in. You can chug it right off the start and get a late start. Is this start. something you'd play in college? Yet last weekend, Taz. <laughs> Hi, FM 96. Hey, Taz. David, how you doing? Good, David. What video game are you playing in the Olympics? Oh, you already know. I play it all the time, right? World of Warcraft. W-O-W. Yeah, wow, all the way. Who can waste the most time? Can you win at World of Warcraft? No, you can play PvP battles. So, oh. player versus player. So you pick your class, your race, you gear up, you go up against them, you make your macros, and you fight. Okay, well, I hope you make some good macros and win us a gold medal. That's the plan. Uh, you say Mega Man is your game, sir? Yeah, this is Andrew Boyce calling in, and uh, yeah, I think I'd play Mega Man. It's a tough game, and I think it'd be very good. Yeah, just make sure you pick the, the bosses in the right order. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. That's the key for Mega Man. <laughs> There's some frustrating jumps in Mega Man. Oh, my God, I know. You just <laughs> fall and then... Remember when video games were hard? Like, now you can almost play forever. Well, now you don't even need to be good at video games. You just have to have a credit card, and you can upgrade your guy to be, you know, the better than everyone else. Totally, yeah. It's pay to win now. You could not pay me enough money to watch other people play video games. Do you yourself play video games, Dev? Uh, I've played, like, FIFA and Madden and hockey and stuff like that. So would you say uh, one of those would be your best shot at a gold medal? Probably. Madden? I haven't played, uh, at this point, probably FIFA. 
FIFA. But I, I don't do a lot of... You're going to have to beat me in the qualifiers, Dev. I don't <laughs> think that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you got the uh, X Games, we're not just, why not the Olympics, just have the E Games. So it's something completely separate yeah. outside of the I Olympics, mean, which is a physical... I don't want to go from, you know, someone who just ran 200 meters and is the fastest person alive, or 100 meters, to someone else who's like picking like a Cheeto out of their belly button <laughs> and is just like a magician with their thumbs. Yeah, you see Alicia Newman, who is yeah. just one m- big muscle, and she pole vaults, sets a world record, and then you cut to a guy finishing beating Bowser. <laughs> like, I would like to see that guy interact with Alicia Newman. I would watch the Olympics to see the nerds talk to the hot athletes, though. <laughs> now that I would watch. The Taz Show Podcast. Story in your news, Dev. Uh, a lot of people shocked yesterday at a sentence that was handed down here in London. Yeah, Jesse McConnell pleaded guilty to one count of aggravated assault. So this is in connection with the uh, beating, uh, the savage assault last October at the uh, Horton Variety on Horton Street. Roger L. Sharafa was the owner who was uh, assaulted in this case. Bunch of guys, Jesse McConnell, one of them, were out in front of his store. He asked them to move away. McConnell responded by punching him in the head a couple times. He fell, hit his head on the ground, and uh, then he went on the run for a couple weeks. He was arrested a couple weeks later. At one point, he messaged his ex-girlfriend, said he was going to try and leave the province. He was eventually arrested by Waterloo Police. And then yesterday pleaded guilty and was immediately sentenced to three and a half years. This was a deal worked out between his defense and the Crown. The judge signed off on it as just, but uh, the family and pretty much everyone else outside of, you know, the judge and the Crown and the defense think three and a half years not nearly enough. I mean, on the one hand, uh, El Sharafa has had a miraculous recovery, but that's when he was just, you know, he was in a critical condition he has since improved to the point where he can be but he'll never be the same he's never going to be at the same he can't work anymore this is a guy who came to this country and worked his tail off seven days a week to provide for his family he was the only person in the family uh providing any money so he had a, a number of people counting on him and now his life has been completely changed and this guy, three years, and he knew what he did was wrong. Like he went on the run. He knew he knew what he had done. And I can't. I'm shocked that he only got three years yesterday. I mean, it's good that he pled guilty, so you don't have to go through a whole trial of this. But when he had a chance to speak in court yesterday, he declined. So you have to wonder how much remorse there truly is there. And whether or not he's just taking a deal, because with time served, he's getting a little less than two and a half years left in jail. How old is he? How he's, old is that guy? He's 23. He's 23 So he's still going to get out in his prime. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like the Crown and the defense, they work together to come up with that. You'd think that, I know the family wouldn't really have a say, you know, but it just seems all really unsatisfying. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Based on precedence for this, it's hard to say what would be appropriate. Like, Seven years? I mean, if you if you if you have no remorse, if you tried to evade the authorities, and you just did it for no no reason, yeah. not, that, not that there's a good reason to punch well, someone. Well, he, but. It's not like he got in a fight. It's not like the owner of the store said, "I'm going to kick your ass," and then he said, "Well, no, I'm going to defend myself." Yeah, he knew exactly what he was doing. He he punched this guy. He made the decision to do that. He didn't go to the store. 
you know, it wasn't a premeditated thing where he's like, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to ruin a guy's life. But when you make the decision, you live with the consequences. And I think he should be living with the consequences for at least 10 years behind bars. And how closely was this almost like a manslaughter case or something along those lines? You hit your head on the ground hard enough. Like, you know, there's, it could have been much worse. If he does, I don't know if you know the answer to this, Dev, but if, if the store owner does end, end up dying because of these injuries in five years, ten years, could this guy then be charged with manslaughter? Nope. Double That's jeopardy. It. At this point, the, the case is, is done. It's I mean, done. He, he could... He, I guess, I was gonna say he could appeal, but he's he's pled guilty to this. He's agreed to a plea deal here. So I mean, the case is done. He might do something in jail or get out afterwards, where this would a, a further offense would apply for something else. But in terms of this specific case, it's done. Man, that family, that poor family. Well, it's like, what do you do? Like, like so he's at home, but. It's it's like having like the worst concussion. Calling it a concussion is a disservice to the injuries he's had. He had to go uh, surgeries on on his head just to to get better. But loud noises, you know, can become a real issue for him. So his family has to. I have some young kids. They have to take the kids out of the house just to calm him down a little bit. But you think about that every single day. I mean, he's got. It's it's just yeah, so difficult to deal with. I think it's and this is for the rest of his life. Yeah, he's got a life sentence, and this guy only got three and a half. Years. Not even. I mean, he 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 got three and a half years. But it, for me, that the, the time served is always the one part that always gets people because he gets even less time. Really, all right. It, it, the sentence is three and a half years, but really, he's spending less than two and a half. It's brutal. The Taz Show podcast.